1: You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hello everyone, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Today it is me and Shay, and we're going to do a little bit of a Kombucha and Color tradition, which is usually once a year, which kind of coincides with you know the end of the year or the start of the new year. We have a series of reflective questions that we both like to journal on, which just helps us to reflect on our year, take stock of sort of key things. Key lessons, key decisions, key experiences that have accumulated over the year and really just take an opportunity to slow down and reflect and set intentions for the new year to come. So we've actually done, I don't know if it's one or two of these episodes in the past. Some of you who are maybe long-term listeners, you may remember this, but this episode, we're really just going to share with you our answers to these questions. And I guess with a little bit of encouragement as well, we'll put all the questions in the show notes. So if you'd like to go through your own process of reflection and your own process of just taking a little bit of time to set yourself up for the year, there's an invitation for you to do that. So before we dive in, how are you doing today, Shay? I'm
0: doing very well. Thank you. Um, I was just saying to Anna that I have got my journaling. I did them a few days ago, but I haven't actually read through them again because I got in quickly after I was seeing a client and I've just literally come in, switched on the podcast uh, recording with Anna and we've just had a bit of a chat. So I'm going to be kind of reading my answers as we go and sharing them as I'm rereading them from a few days ago. So I'm excited to hear your answers as well, because it's always nice to get an idea of what other people are loving and what, and what challenges have come their way and what they've learned from that. So I hope this inspires you as well.
1: Yeah, I think totally. I think it's always interesting to hear other people's experiences. And when we see other people, we also have the opportunity to see ourselves a little bit more. So hopefully uh, you as the listeners will also get some insight into your own year from hearing our reflections. So do you want to read out the first question and then I'll answer it? Okay, so the first question that
0: we have is what did you love in the last 12 months? So bearing in mind that we are reflecting on 2020, which is the year of Corona. So it's, I was just thinking about this in terms of the episodes that we've answered previously that have had these questions and how different the answers and the reflection has been because this year has been so uncharacteristic and so abnormal. So it'd be interesting to hear the different lessons and learnings when we haven't done as much quote-unquote self-development or courses or things that we would usually be doing and experiences that we would usually be having. So,
1: Yeah, totally. Actually, before I answer that question, what I'll say is when I was writing up my answers, I also had this sense of, yeah, I feel like these answers are coming from a different place. Mm. And I think that's possibly... You know, not only due to corona for me, but possibly also just due to this ongoing healing adventure I've been on and the, the big shifts that have happened and this year as a consequence of that. And I'm sure for you as well, being pregnant um, and having your own pregnancy journey has been a big influencer. I actually need to go back and read my answers from last year because I'd love to compare. But the first thing I said in terms of what did you love in the last 12 months, well, I actually took it from 12 months from when I was journaling. So I did, this is very weird actually. I did the, I answered these questions on the eve of my birthday last year and now we are recording this podcast on the eve of my birthday this year so it is absolutely beautifully timed and but the thing that was on the very top of my list as a consequence of that actually started in December which was I went home to South Africa to visit my family in December and that was just a really really important trip for me because it was just that like family time I got to meet my niece for the first time I think I don't know about you, Shay, but there is always this feeling when you go back to South Africa. It's just like a, just like an exhale. There is just something about feeling home um, whenever I go back. So that was definitely something that I really loved. But the things that are more aligned with 2020, the year specifically, were really just very, very simple things. I put swimming in the ocean, walking on the beach, my breathwork level one training, which we did a specific episode on. And I feel like the way that I've shown up this year as a person in the work that I'm doing, just feeling very grounded as a coach and just feeling very, very connected to myself as I've deepened into myself as a consequence of of all the challenges that life has presented. So, So just some very, very simple things, but these things mean a lot to me. So if I reflect on this, and I've done mine more for the
0: calendar year, so for January to December and up until this point of the last 12 months um, and what I have really loved about 2020 and this is obviously my personal experience and it's not been the same experience for everybody in this year as there's been different things that we've all moved through but for me there's definitely been a very big slowing down I've had much less commuting so I've not been busy between studios and rushing here and there because we've been in lockdown because we've had to take things online and I've also really loved like less social and pressure to be everything and be everywhere and do everything because we can get quite busy in London just having, you know, there's lots of things always on the go. There's lots of social obligations. There's friends' birthdays. There's meetups. There's drinks. There's dinners. There's lots of stuff, which is wonderful. And I'm not um, discrediting that at all. But there is some beauty, as you say, in the simplicity and cutting back a lot of that so that you can really just be with yourself. And then two other things that I've loved in the last 12 months is obviously being pregnant and moving house, which has been two big life changes for Warren and I that have really been lovely things from this year
1: so what are some of your magical moments
0: so my magical moments and this is I have one that instantly came to my head was the moment that I knew that I was pregnant which was in the actual moment of conception it was you know I I have these very strong intuitive hits they don't come all the time but they in certain settings when I feel in a very open-hearted place when I feel like I'm connecting to something that's not just me. And in that moment, it it, it feels incredibly magical and incredibly extraordinary. And it was in that moment when I said to Brian, this has just changed our lives forever. And that moment of knowing was so sure and so clear and so like, yeah, absolutely true for me in that moment. And then it was a couple of weeks, two weeks later that we did a pregnancy test. And yes, we were pregnant and we've now about to have a baby next month. So that was definitely very magical and extraordinary. And then, yeah, something that was also very magical I found about this year was that through the simplicity and the slowing down and through everyone being so isolated when we went into full lockdown and basically the whole world went into lockdown, I found that personally I connected a lot more with friends and family in a strange way because even though we weren't seeing each other, my family set up weekly Zoom calls with my family in Australia, with my family in South Africa, with with Warren and I here. Warren's family did the same thing and we had these weekly catch-ups on on Zoom, which we would never have done or we don't do in ordinary life, quote-unquote, ordinary life without corona. But it took that pandemic for us to actually shake things up and go, actually, you know what, we can do this. And I don't know why we don't continue to do it when we move out of lockdown. And I think it's because life just gets busier again. But it was a really beautiful, magical thing for us to just take an ordinary Sunday and make this real big family community event. So I really thought that was something that was beautiful from that from that time too. Yeah. What were some of your magical moments?
1: And so I didn't write this down, but I just want to second what you said there, because I've been thinking about that as well, is that my mom and my stepdad, they've been shielding in South Africa now since March, you know, they have to live. I feel so like, you know, they've really, really tried so hard. I think they're a little bit fed up because my stepdad is really, really high risk. Um, But I was thinking that one of the things that came from lockdown was that because I knew that there wasn't a lot going on for them in their lives, like I made the effort to call my mom like every single week, like at the same time, every Sunday, I give her a call. If I couldn't make that time, we'd have another time. And I think as a daughter, I've probably not been as consistent with always keeping in touch on a weekly basis like that. We kind of speak more often at times and maybe less often at other times. And I think that's definitely been a really positive thing that came out of lockdown for me as well. Mm -hmm. In terms of my magical moments, um, I think this is probably the same every year, but most of my magical moments are, Often just related to experiences in nature, I have a really, really strong affinity with the natural world. And it's just the I always just it can really just be wowed by, you know, this idea of the, the simplicity and how just beautiful things can be. So for me. Especially over the summer, I was doing a lot of swimming in the ocean and it was it was almost like an addiction. Like every single morning I couldn't not go. Whatever the weather, I just felt like I needed to go down to the ocean. And in doing so, you just see so many different, I guess, so many different colors, so many different ways that the ocean can be. And, you know, obviously we all have our preferences. So there were certain days which I would say were more beautiful, so to speak, than others, but It's just a couple of mornings that really spring to mind. It was just after I did my breathwork training. I went down to the ocean that morning for a swim and it was all like pink and purple in the sky. And that was being reflected in the water. And I was just like swimming, just feeling very, very open hearted from my breathwork training. And then there were these three geese that just flew like over my head and like usually you would see like maybe a seagull or something like that but these were like geese with a long neck so it was like a little bit more noticeable and I think the fact that there were three of them I just felt like nature is just like like exchanging with me here it's just saying like Um, I'm here with an open heart, and it's just responding back, and that for me was just like really, really beautiful. And then there was another morning where there was just blue; everything was kind of blue and gold. And I remember kind of lying on my back with my toes sort of pointing out of the water, and then watching the sunrise in between my feet. (laughs) So that was just a little cool thing to do. And I always think. I wish I had like a waterproof mobile phone so I could capture this moment. But sometimes you just have to be in the moment and just mm. keep it as your own. And then a final one was also the one morning I went and this it was just really calm. There was no wind, but it was raining. And so I was walking into the sea and just seeing all the little drops from the raindrops in the ocean. And I was kind of like swimming, but like with my eyes just above the water, just watching all the little raindrops hit the the surface of the water and it was just really, really beautiful. So yeah, just really, really simple things. But I think it's like, even when you have COVID going on and there can be what feels like so much uncertainty and so much happening in the world, you know, those moments are always there. They're always available Mm. to us. And it's just taking that opportunity to, to notice them. So, yeah, that's what I've written down there.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. And something that you were saying about having your phone in that experience to be able to take a picture. I've often thought about this, that the biggest lie that we tell ourselves when we put a picture onto social media and we say no filter is that very idea of no filter, because the very fact that you've taken a photo of something has created a filter between you and the experience that you're experiencing. So Mm. I, I think like, that's a really important thing to think about. Like anytime you take something else into your experience, like a phone or whatever it is, like you are creating a filter between you and just being in that moment. So I think it's a value that, that you don't have it. And so what did you
1: accomplish in the last 12 months? Yes, this was an interesting one because Mm. I think in the past I would have been like, I did this training, I did this training, I did this product, I launched this program, I went here, I went there, and it was really interesting as I was writing out this one. I obviously did put like my breathwork level one training, but what I put was more self-acceptance and deepening into trust, deepening into myself and processing a lot of sadness and grief Learning to rest more without without guilt, to go slower, to improve my boundaries, to amplify my self-worth. And something that I've really been focusing on more recently is that my potency is in my presence. So true. And you know what? I had exactly the same
0: experience as you when I was answering these questions, because when I think about the idea of accomplishing something, and that's like this shiny pennies, the the external things. And yes, I I launched my Creative Current, which was amazing. And I had such positive feedback from everybody and to see the shifts that people went through as they journeyed through that program with me was amazing. But that's not the first thing that I wrote down. I wrote down that the thing that I accomplished the most was a very strong and stable morning routine that enabled me to really anchor into this place of really deep grounding and a sense of peace and a sense of calm and stability in a year when particularly everything was so chaotic and so uprooted and so much uncertainty. And for me, that has been such a testament to what I have, I've accomplished from an internal state of being rather than from an external, from the outside. And I would say that my quote unquote goals that I would hope to achieve in terms of the financial stability, all of those things have actually come to me in a way that has been aligned with my internal state. So it's been a very interesting thing for me to observe this like wow, because I feel grounded, stable and steady, like a rock. And I actually had put this on my vision board, like a big picture of a rock, because that was what I wanted to generate this, this feeling of financial stability, like a rock, like feeling grounded. And how I feel internally is incredibly grounded, incredibly stable. And I've had the same experience in my external world show up from how I've been living through my internal state. So I thought that was very interesting as well
1: what are the things you want to duplicate
0: next year? So this was also like, obviously for me, I would love to maintain and duplicate this feeling of feeling grounded and present and stable. And that has come through these practices um, that I have put into place that have been non-negotiable for me over the last um, few months. And I don't know what those practices will look like or how I will be able to carve time out for them with a new baby on the way, because my sense of morning might be completely shifted. My sense of day and night will be completely shifted. I might not have as much time to myself as I have been used to in this time. So It's going to be a very interesting thing for me to see how I can duplicate that, maybe not from the um, physical, tangible things that I'm doing, but how can I cultivate that state of being and maintain that Mm -hmm. state of being without necessarily doing all the things that usually bring me that state, which I think is a challenging thing because we do need these tools to be able to anchor us into how we feel. So, yeah, it'll be very much focused on the internal state.
1: What about you? Yeah, I mean I think we are definitely, you know, resonating here on the same frequency because I also put that as just Similar to you, as I've found, especially recently, I think we shared in a few podcasts, but I have no idea what order our podcasts are in anymore, that um, um, I've been doing a lot of meditation myself, and I saw that you had put on your insight timer that you'd just done 100 days, and I'm now on day 39 of doing my morning meditation. And with that, it's also come hand in hand with this I feel that it's a continuous process we're always grounding deeper and deeper into myself into ourselves but i've just hit another level with it and as a consequence of that there is more financial stability there is more internal stability it just i feel like there's more stability within my health like all these other other things and it's really just helped me see being who I'm being now and comparing that maybe to who I was being, you know, two, three, four years ago, I can really see how I no longer want to operate from some of the old programming that I had or, and I really want to continue to operate from this place of groundedness, from this place of safety, from this place of ease. And I feel that, the more I the more time I spend connecting to it, then it's easier for me to become more aware when I'm getting pulled away from it again. And then I can bring myself back. And so it's almost like now it feels totally unacceptable for me to abandon myself in the way that I used to. I've created this sort of new new standard for myself and it's you know, before when my boundaries were maybe not as solid or my self-worth was maybe not as um, great as it is now, then it would be so easy for me to get pulled out of myself. And now I'm just like, no, (laughs) that's unacceptable. And then I want to move forward into this next year from that place, just being really intentional and really grounded in my being.
0: And that's something that that I've been reflecting on as I'm obviously moving now into motherhood and I actually shared a post on on Instagram today and it's like because I've had these practices that have kept me so grounded and kept me so anchored and stable and they've been non-negotiable and a real way to, to, as you say, like pull yourself towards yourself and feel that sense of earthing and as a result of it I haven't felt Anxious. I haven't felt nervous. I haven't felt like, oh my gosh, is this pregnancy going okay? Is everything happening as, as it should? And granted, I haven't had to deal with miscarriage or baby loss. So I think that would be a, a factor if, if I had had to deal with that in the past. But I haven't had this overwhelming like anxiety or stress or, oh my gosh, I need to do another scan. I need to check this. I need, is everything going okay? And I, and I really feel like I could have easily spun out into that way of being. And I was reflecting on this. And over the two days that we moved house, which was there was a lot more sort of change that was happening in the external world. And as a result, I was a lot more exhausted. I didn't sleep as well. My morning practices and the things that I was doing were much more rushed than they would usually be. So they became more like a box ticking exercise than actually this is what I'm doing to ground myself. And it was over those two days that I said to Warren for the very first time, I actually haven't felt the baby move as much. And it was the first time that my level of concern was notched up. And I can only attribute that to the fact that my perception of the situation had changed. Like the baby's movements hadn't changed at all. But because my nervous system was that slightly bit more frayed, there was a perception in me that, oh, maybe something's not right. And I could just – it was so clear for me to see how – Without these practices, without these things that keep me grounded, you could just like spin off into this other place that is completely like whirlpool and just overwhelming. And with everything going on in the world, like my heart goes out to people who don't have these tools or who don't know that you could live a different way. And it was really powerful to me, like, wow, this is something that it's not just like a thing that you you say, but it's something that you can feel in your nervous system, something that you can feel in your sense of grounding. So... Yeah, I definitely want to duplicate that in the next 12 months as well.
1: And like, just to add on to that, because I, I think it really resonates so much with me is that we've talked a lot about the body on various podcasts and how we really need that felt experience in the body. And I think it's to actually be able to feel this is what it feels like to be grounded. And then this is what it feels like to be anxious and being able to tell the difference that is where the magic is because it's what a lot of people are so busy that they don't even know what it feels like to be safe. They don't know what it feels like to be grounded. And of course, there's many reasons for that, you know, Things that have happened in childhood or conditioning and trauma and generational trauma and all of that sort of stuff. But to help ourselves, we want to start to find some way to connect to our bodies, to feel our bodies so we can read those nuances so that, like, you know, you felt it when you were now um, starting to move away from that grounded feeling so that you can put the things in place that you know you need to do to bring yourself back. Hmm. So, what did you hate in the last 12 months? You know, I really don't like this question. <laughs> maybe, maybe we need to scrap it because hate for me feels like such a strong word. So, almost like this when I answer this question, this is almost like the little toddler that's throwing its toys out of the cot answering this question. It's just like an opportunity to sort of like vent a little bit and be like, because then there's like another part of me that also appreciates. The lessons that come from all of these things And and that's why hate feels like such a strong word But the things that I wrote down Was just, just being unwell Like I... I do my best to, uh, I don't want to say spiritually bypass it because I don't think that's what I'm doing, but to, to stay positive, to stay upbeat, you know, because I don't want to wallow in my own misery most of the time, but every now and again, I just really, really am like a stroppy toddler about being unwell. And especially for me, I think there was this in the summer I had a lot of like, I don't want to say fear of missing out because I don't think the emotion was fear. I think it was more sadness. I felt just very sad. Um, And there was a lot of loss in terms of some of the things I couldn't do. Yeah, that helped me to process a lot of grief, but it really just felt like I was so limited. It felt like I was caged in a little bit by my own body or by my own health capacity. And I think with that, there also came a lot of loneliness. And I think lockdown doesn't help because we are isolated from other people but I think there's also this kind of loneliness of just going through something that not a lot of people can understand and I think that for me those are the things that I really hated although I can appreciate that there were also processes that I needed to go through but I can't say I enjoyed them Mm-hmm.
0: so for me it was also it's that I what I really hated from this year was the idea of people who were isolating at home alone and who are maybe by themselves and who didn't have a support network and to think about those kinds of people was really hard and, and I think yeah it made me hate what this year has brought for that reason um, and just the distraction and the deaths and the losses and the feeling that I think many people like who don't have these grounding practices I can just imagine this year being so overwhelming for so many people because of so many different reasons. Had people losing jobs, people losing, losing loved ones. And, yeah, that was just something that was not very good. And what I've also not enjoyed is having to cancel three retreats. I had three retreats that were booked this year and I've canceled all of them and not teaching face-to-face but at the same time and even though i've i've lost some face-to-face classes and um some classes have been removed from the schedule just because the need is not there or the, the not the need but there's not as much demand for it when it's being online because there's so many other places to be online as well but i also gained something else in that experience i gained space and i gained time and i gained you know more space in my day from not commuting as much so Yes, there's a way that you can look at it from a positive framework. But yeah, those were some things that were not great about this year.
1: Yeah, I think this, like what also came to mind for me as you're sharing is there's just been, I feel like a lot of feelings of hopelessness that um, kind of waxed and wane. I mean, I this, you know, obviously you shared about all the different people who this year may have been particularly challenging for. And I think also with that, it's just... Some of the things that have come up through this year, like, for example, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, and I think a lot of good has come out of that. But you also there are just things that when you realize things aren't changing fast enough or when other people, when you maybe see the actions other people are taking in comparison to your own, there can sometimes also be this feeling of, Is what I'm doing enough to make a difference? That's something that I question a lot. And um, this weekend, actually, Ben and I watched the documentary by David Attenborough. I don't know if you've seen it, Shay. Um, I can't Mm -hmm. actually remember the name, but I was just like crying. It's, It's basically just all about how we destroyed the planet and global warming and all of that. And and um, for a lot of lockdown, I didn't really go to the supermarket. So Ben and I were like getting a vegetable delivery box. We found like a meat supplier which is like regenerative. They send us a monthly meat box, and all the packaging is recyclable. So we and if we do need to go to the shops and get anything, we usually just go to the zero waste shop, which is where you like take your own container, um, so you don't avoid the packaging. And then I think I went to a supermarket for some reason, maybe even within the last month and just walking down the aisles and you see all the packaging and you see what's in other people's trolleys. And I was just thinking, you know, just moments like that, when we think about what's happening to the planet and you think about what's on the supermarket shelves and it can just feel really, really hopeless. And I think... Yeah, sometimes it feels like what we're doing and we're only doing our best and none of us are perfect is just not enough to make a difference that we need to make.
0: Mm. You know what's interesting? And this is like, um, actually, it's actually a perspective from Warren's dad, which is very true, but quite maybe fatalistic. I don't know if that's the right word. But his thinking and his his feeling is that this planet will always survive. It's us humans that we are trying to maintain this for if there's a global warming and it wipes out everything it's going to wipe out everything and this planet will regenerate itself mm. but it's us humans who are clinging onto this thing and so it's like we're only destroying ourselves in this whole process like no we it's totally just a very are. interesting yeah a very
1: interesting perspective and actually in the documentary like David um you know, he talks about the previous what, what do you call them Like a cycle of destruction and rebirth. Yeah, I can't, I'm just losing my words today. But um, he talks about, yeah, the the previous times when that's happened and how the earth rebuilds itself so that Mm -hmm. it could sustain itself. So there's always been like, I guess, the phoenix rising from the ashes of destruction. But I guess at the same time, like we are creating so much destruction like the the amount of species that are getting wiped out or the animals that are dying in the process the rainforests that are getting burnt down in the amazon the loss of diversity like all of that like i I do really believe that the the planet will be fine but Mm. it's like can we really bear witness to so much loss in our Mm. hearts in the process Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Very true so what was challenging in the past year for you So, I think the biggest challenge for me was probably processing a lot of the grief I had to process this year, processing the loss of no longer being able to live the life that I was used to living, or being able just to do the things that I do just genuinely love to do. So, there were a lot of low points, I guess, as a consequence of that. And I guess just generally being unwell and navigating the uncertainty that comes from that, just from not knowing tomorrow I'll feel like this and then I'll be able to plan my day accordingly, just always having to sort of just roll with the punches of whatever comes up each day. So with that, I think it also just makes it difficult to set goals, difficult to plan for the future, difficult to just think ahead and get excited about things because you... You never just really know what's what's, what's possible or available. And I think that that's probably also been what a lot of people have felt with lockdown is just being in a situation, not knowing how long it's going to go on for, you know, not having a holiday to look forward to or having to cancel your holiday due to COVID or having to cancel your holiday because you've lost your job due to COVID. I think it's taken away a lot of, I guess, a lot of what people are used to and in doing so, yeah, we totally have to adapt and we learn to find little joys elsewhere. But um, those have been some of the challenges that I've had to move through. Mm-hmm.
0: For me, what was really challenging in this past year was looking at my own part in how I have been upholding white supremacy and challenging my own thoughts and beliefs around these systemic issues that I think I wasn't aware of before in the same capacity that I am now and how I am supporting and upholding a system that benefits me without actually consciously realizing it before so that was like and and that's I think always very challenging when you have to point the finger at yourself and go actually what's your part in this so that was a real yeah, you know, difficult thing from this year but useful and, and necessary
1: so what did you not want to happen again well I wasn't sure about this question I, I thought Obviously,
0: I had said in one section, I'd said the police brutality on people of color. And that's something that obviously links to this systemic issue that we have. Um, But from a global perspective, I had put global pandemic, but then with a question mark next to it, because I'd Mm -hmm. said, although there was like a lot of destruction and death, which I said previously, there was something that I really hated from this year, but it's also I feel brought a big resetting for us. It sparked this, I don't think it sparked the the Black Lives Matter movement, but it gave people the space to be able to look at stuff because not much else was going on so I think there was an opportunity there for an opening um, a re-evaluation of what's important we spoke about how we've connected more with family and friends especially over those early quarantine times where's my value what's important to me and even from a spending perspective if you've suddenly got your income reduced you you reevaluate where you were spending your money like where's of value to me and it's it's a very it, it, I think the Although it was a terrible thing to have happened there was a lot of stuff that it gave us some food for thought in that process. And then yeah I also had morning sickness which was terrible I wouldn't like to have that again but also that brought us a baby so you know there's there's two sides to the coin.
1: Yeah the things that I had were much more sort of personal to myself and I think There was a moment in the summer, I remember I was sitting on the beach and it was was like a beautiful morning and I was watching like runners run past me and I was feeling really, really, really sad for not being able to run. And I just had this moment where I was like, I do not want to live another summer feeling like this. And actually, I don't know what this next summer will bring. To a certain extent, I'm doing my best, but it always feels a little bit out of my control as well. But I think... You know it was just this idea again of you saying and oh no no it was in a slightly different context but about pointing the finger at myself and just having a look at like where am I getting in my own way where am I resisting you know if if I don't want to repeat this a year from now what do I really need to be doing to help myself and I think that there's definitely throughout this process there's like layers and layers that I'm continuously stripping back and like each layer I feel like I'm you know I've got that radio dial and I'm tuning it I'm tuning it I'm tuning it it. eventually I'm going to find the station at some point in time (laughs) Um, let us know we'll tune in yeah I'll let you know when I find the station but it's yeah it's that like just continuous stripping away and just refining 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 and um yeah, as I said, there are no guarantees because I feel like this is not a linear process. But you know, at least if my intention is in the right place, it will I'll be guided to where I need to go. So what decisions did you make in this past 12 months that were empowering? Um, so these are these are so practical, but I I wrote testing exclamation mark. I have done more testing on my body this year than I have done in any other year and doing the various tests that we've talked about on previous shows, um, the hormones test, organic acids test, I've done some blood work, I've done a stool test recently. For me, that has been really empowering because it's given me direction and structure um, for me to work on my health. The other big decisions which I made were more kind of business related was that my intention for this year was to run two rounds of my Grounded Goddess program, which is a six month program. So there was one which was going to start in March, which did start in March. And then there was one that was supposed to start in September. And when I checked in with myself, I was just like, no not running another six-month program because I really just want to invest my time and my energy back into me and I think that just putting myself first in that way was a big deal for me and just trusting because that's that's a huge chunk of income that you lose by potentially not running another six-month program but just trusting that that I'll be taken care of which I have been so yeah those are the big things and then again from a business perspective was launching my um sacred sky programs which were done mostly out of my own intuition and i just went with it and they've just flowed really really well and that's been a really great opportunity just just you know you don't have to just follow the rules or you know do what you've always done but just allow myself to go with the flow a little bit more be a little bit more intuitive um, and a little bit more creative with what i'm producing in my business so for me,
0: I had two main things that were that stuck out for me as really empowering decisions. And the first one was canceling my South African yoga retreat. And this was really, really hard to do because it had taken, I would say, over 10 months of planning, organizing, getting venues, getting different transfers between the venues. Like there was a lot of admin that went into making this really amazing experience and had so many people booked on, signed up for it. And In March, when Juan and I found out that we were pregnant, I said to him, I feel like there is a giant speed bump in the way before this baby comes. And the speed bump is right at October, November. And at that point, we hadn't publicly shared that I was pregnant, but I just said to Juan like, And and we had just gone into the first lockdown. It was like in March when we all like went into this massive lockdown. And I said to Warren, "I, I don't know, there's this big speed bump. There's something that's coming in the way in November, October, like it's that time. And I feel that there's something that's a speed bump before this baby arrives and I really sat with it sat with it and I was like you know what maybe it's this retreat that I had booked in October that is going to be this massive speed bump that I don't know if I'm going to be able to teach at that point I don't know if I'm going to be able to show up in the way that I want to being like sort of seven months eight months pregnant and I made the decision then also in relation to this news of COVID and everything going into lockdown to just cancel the retreat entirely, even though there were people already booked on and some people had booked flights and things like that. And having that that real knowing and surety of this is something that I need to do to cancel it at the risk of disappointing quite a few people and you know not being able to please everybody was really challenging. But my learning from it, and this is similar to, I think, yours, is that sometimes the saying no is more empowering than the saying yes. And that was certainly my experience of once I'd cancelled it, it was like this this freeing up, this like, okay, like, and, and thank goodness, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that I followed my intuition on that because South African borders were closed in October to international people when the retreat was supposed to run. So it would have been literally impossible for me to run that retreat if I had had it running so yeah that was just a nice little reminder to trust yourself trust your intuition trust the knowing that you have and then the other really empowering decision that I have made was choosing a home birth so obviously we are still to come with home birth and I um, hope and pray that it all transpires smoothly and in a straightforward way so that we can get the home birth that's our preference but doing the research, really getting informed, feeling empowered with the knowledge that I have to make a decision that feels like it's the best physiological decision for this process to unfold in a straightforward way has been really incredibly empowering. Even if I don't end up having the home birth that I want, the, the process up until this point and the decision for it has been incredibly empowering for me. And it's put me in the center of the experience, which I think as women we can abdicate a lot of that power to other people especially when we come into a medical setting when we are in a hospital and suddenly a doctor and a white coat is telling you this but actually there's you 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 abdicate a lot of your own sense of autonomy and power when you give that ownership to somebody else so yeah taking full ownership of that care of myself and even in the postnatal period there's been a lot of things that I have already put in place like getting a uh, closing the bones ceremony paid for I've got things that are there to support me and nourish and ground me in that postnatal phase which has come through this feeling of being empowered and knowing what I want in moving
1: in, into this journey of motherhood. Yeah, I love those. And um, what did you learn about going through all the different experiences that you've been through this year?
0: Um, So, yeah, as I mentioned, like the saying no or cancelling something can be more empowering than the saying yes. And then also this idea of when I put myself at the center, I am more anchored, I'm more grounded, I'm more peaceful, stable, steady, calm. And I think that's a really good framework through which to enter motherhood, because when I can feel stable, centered and grounded in myself through being empowered and feeling like I'm taking ownership of this, like there's a different energy that you arrive at when you are trying to nurture somebody else or when you're trying to take care of other people. And so I think that what's really important is choosing what's right for you, irrespective of what the system is saying or what the norm is, is saying is also incredibly empowering because I think choosing to have a home birth, although physiologically for me it makes the most sense, it's not the norm because of the way that the system runs and the way that things are, just because of the medical model that that currently runs our world. So yeah, I think it's 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 really anchoring into what what is true for you and what is right for you. What about you? What did you learn by going through your experiences?
1: so much <laughs> um so I was thinking like last year for me was very much about like the destruction and I feel like this year has very much been about like the it's like processing a lot of what happened and so much has come up for me this year and I you know people keep on reaching out to me you know when you feel friends message and you haven't spoken to them for a while and like how are you And I was just like, where do we even begin to answer that question? Because I just feel like, well, nothing is really happening on the outside here. It's just like, you know, eat, sleep, walk on the beach, do a little bit of work, you know, watch some Netflix, like the stuff that everybody does. But like inside my Internal world, it's like Narnia. <laughs> there, there's so much going on, and I think the, so. The things that I wrote down was that I really feel like I've learned more about myself and and what matters, what matters to me. And I think you you talked about like reevaluating your finances, understanding more about what you value. And I would probably say the same. And I think I've I feel like this is an ever unfolding process. But I feel like I learned to value and my, respect myself even more so than before. And to get better, um, first of all, about tuning into what I need, asking for what I need, and then also setting boundaries to protect myself so that I can have um, or give myself what I need. I also feel like I've really learned about grief. Uh, In my life, I've not really had a lot of loss so to speak I guess I have in some ways maybe not in others but I've never really lost anyone close to me like a person when I was very little most of my grandparents passed away and you know we maybe lost a few Pets here and there, but you know, I've never really had any big loss in my life. And I feel like this health experience I've been through and the grief and the trauma that's come with that has really helped me understand loss so much more than I did before. And I feel that having that experience has just opened my capacity to hold that space for others more so. I feel that. The more that I deepen into myself, the more that I am able to deepen the work that I do with others. And um, that's something that I really have, well, I really enjoy about the work that I do is being able to go deep with people. I also learned about grounding and just those, being able to read those nuances of when you start, when you're really, really firmly rooted in yourself and when you're starting to get pulled outside of yourself and being able to continuously bring myself back and then have that presence show up when I'm with other people when I'm doing work or when I'm just with myself walking or experiencing nature so there are just so many layers but yeah those are a few things I mm, love that
0: so what are the some of the most important decisions that you made this year and what decisions might you make next year as a result
1: um, so the decisions that I made are the ones that I've already shared, but I only wrote down one thing to answer this question, which is I just wrote stay connected to self. That was the only thing that I wrote down because I just feel, I think this has been the theme that's come through this podcast from my side as well as yours is this just like when you said it, it's when you center yourself, everything just works better from that place. And If I just take one focus with me into the new year, that will be it. I absolutely
0: um, reflect that again and that idea of just anchoring yourself staying grounded and being present so that you can move through the year with stability and a sense of calm is, is really important and um, I also had something else that was quite practical and for me it was a lot to do around financial planning because when I found out that I was pregnant I started putting money aside into a maternity pot I changed banking accounts to a Monzo account which is a really great business account that you can so it basically, when you put money into the account, it automatically sets aside tax for you. So you don't even have to think about it, which is really good. And I have created these different pots. And this relates to this idea of centering yourself and putting self-care into yourself. And one of these pots is like a pot of mother love, like what I have decided to put money aside each month so that I can use that money to spend shamelessly and joyfully on myself so that I don't get overwhelmed with like just focusing on this other life that's coming in, but how can I stay centered? Is there something that I need? Perhaps it's a massage or perhaps it's a check-in with a physiotherapist or whatever it is that keep me anchored in me, keep me anchored in my body. And so, yeah, having these different parts, one for baby, one for me, one for just saving for the maternity leave that I plan to take, So yeah, that was a really, really valuable decision that I made that will hopefully carry on with next year. And just on that, it was like the power of manifestation. So many things from this year and moving forward that I put down on a vision board that maybe I put down a year ago or two years ago that are now coming to be. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot of trust that I can have in life and this flow of things because of how I've seen them show up now. Even though there was something that I put maybe down two, three years ago without really thinking about it. So there's really importance and value in taking time to do those things for yourself. Yeah, and this is a good time of year to do down. it. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent oh. Well,
1: is so there so, anything that you
0: want to add about this year or what you've learned or how you've grown? No, or
1: I, I mean, I think we've we've kind of really dived in deep mm. today. I'm not sure if there's anything you wanted to say, Shay.
0: No yeah I'm just I'm excited for this new year and what it will bring and for me obviously it will be a huge change having another little being around to nurture and learn from and look after and be with so I I have no doubt that 2021 will be a very different year for me but I'm
1: looking forward to it so Yeah. yeah. Well, we wish you all a very, very happy new year. And the questions that we answered today will be in the show notes. So if you fancy doing your own little reflections with a little bit of inspiration from us, then please do. And we'll see you all in the next episode. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Colour. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today,
0: please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shea, by searching Shea Dyer Yoga on
1: Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week.